I thought I was alone in the world, but I was wrong. Turns out there are more people like me than I ever could have imagined. One of those people, damned if I know why, took a liking to me and befriended me. And here we are, 20 years later, cooped up in our homes during the great quarantine of 2020, taking, talking as if nothing is wrong. But that's okay. Here in the zombie fishbowl, nothing is out of the ordinary. Did that work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, Melanie. Hello, Danielle. <laughs> C- could you hear my music? I did. It was lovely. <laughs> it, it's from the end credits of Medieval. Nice. I thought that sounded very familiar. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to do like a, you know, like a cut scene from the beginning of a video game. Yeah. Do you know how many video game quotes I have in my head just just ready to just burst? Um, seven. Um, you know, you're probably pretty close. There's, there's, there's more that'll probably come more fluidly as we go. But yeah, you know, fine. Be accurate. It's about seven written down. Sweet. Nice. How are you doing? <laughs> doing all right. Uh, you know, obviously little stir crazy but making the best of it and yeah how you doing um i don't know anymore (laughs) i don't i don't know what feelings are or emotions or moods yeah I i just am heavy i don't know if that's profound or pathetic but why not both Well, I think we can all relate to it. (laughs) (laughs) My mouth made a funny noise. That's the most I've felt in a long time. (laughs) Oh, I'm hugging you obnoxiously. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Oh, no, it's okay. I'm I'm exaggerating. Everything's fine. (laughs) You should see her face. She's not exaggerating. (laughs) No perspective I have it and everything is fine for me I'm just um I don't know if the kind of madness that I have is describable um but it's not to do with boredom it's difficult to put my finger on but it's good that we have these things you know that to distract us um But yeah. <laughs> Just be lucky. Just be grateful you don't have children. Oh, I am. <laughs> I love my children. Don't get me wrong. Just, you know, I miss it. I miss <laughs> I miss being able to wake up when I want and just play video games all day and, you know, sleep if I wanted to sleep. It sounds so nice. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what I've been doing the last week, sleeping till whenever I want to get up and then getting up and eating and playing video games and various other things as well. I've been planning things out for my uni work and I've been um, doing some stuff that's kind of productive, but I've definitely fallen off the wagon in terms of um, getting shit done. So we've both decided to turn our and I that tomorrow we start again yeah 
see, I, I have to, I have to have things or like, because I know my, my brain enough. Uh, if I, like I said before, very first thing in the morning, I have to get dressed. If I spend more than an hour awake in my pajamas, then I am just full blown depressed the rest of the day. Um, and you know, so I, I, I'm investing a little bit, probably too much money in crafts, like things that I have to do. Uh, like I just picked up cross stitching, which is lovely. Mm. Um, yes. And I make stone bracelets and, you know, I, I'm always doing something, making something. Cause if not, I'll just be staring and weeping. <laughs> which is essentially the kind of things that, that I'm hoping to re ignite tomorrow because like I'm staying around all day in my pajamas and not doing anything and just literally spending like six hours on my phone like who does that raise his hand yeah so I've got like a plan where it's going to be like wake up pretty early go for a walk in the morning come back do some wee sports shower and then get to work on my thing and then take a full hour for lunch where I eat and have a proper break and then go back to work and then yeah grocery shopping afterwards because we're we're down to to needing some fresh fruit and veg and you know like I've, I've got it relatively planned out but we'll see how how it goes <laughs> I think those things are important but we've fallen off the we, we've 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 definitely fallen into bad habits I'm pretty sure everyone has and and now we're like a month into it roughly a month into it now is when people are going to start getting their their act together a little bit. So I don't think you're alone, and I believe in you, and I love you. Thanks, Melanie. <laughs> you can do it. I believe. On that note, do you have any updates for the podcast or for other people? Not particularly. Um. I'm, I'm trying to be more engaged in the social media. It's like, I, yeah, totally dropped that ball. So that's something I'm going to try and make time for in my day just to, to be a bit more engaged in that. Um, that's, that's really it. Sorry if you guys have been waiting for hilarious updates on our stuff. I just don't have them. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I do intend to be a bit more engaged in that. Okay. Thanks, Melody. Oh, you're welcome, Danielle. What about um- you? Um, I don't have anything podcast related. I just wanted to relay the message that we hope that you're all keeping safe and yeah. are inside and are not licking door handles or loitering in parks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All no. of the above. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of feeds into my, my, my thin purge thurping. Our thurping. The thurping. Cause my thurping is basically, yeah, again, stop being dicks, uh, stay home, stop licking door handles and loitering in parks. By all means, walk through a park and gaze longingly at door handles. But you simply must resist sitting on the grass and having a barbecue. And for the love of God, keep that tongue in your mouth. Have some self-control. You know, I didn't really want to lick door handles until you mentioned it. And now that's all I can think about. Apparently it's a thing. Mm. I read it on Facebook. They look so dangerous. But don't be a dick and lick doorknobs. <laughs> All right? Yeah, please don't. So my my therp my therpening is um 
it's really more of like a purge. So it's every single time, whether it's my shower, someone else's shower, anybody's shower, if the shower curtains are closed, I do not trust that bathroom. Oh, okay. Is that just me? Like, if I see the shower curtains, I have to peek. I have to make sure there is no one behind that shower curtain. I mean, I think it's... If somebody has, like, a decorative shower curtain, then I can understand why they keep it closed, because they, like, want you to see the decoration. So if I walk in and they've got, like, a cool design on their shower curtain, then I'll probably... But, yeah, I think I do peek. The thing is, it's not really a thing here. Mm. Like, in all honesty, I'm thinking about people's houses and going into the loos and whatever. We tend to have baths with uh, electric showers that um there's like glass panels oh yeah okay um that get like put on to the like somehow you know designed around the bathtub so that it stops the splashes or people have standalone showers because the bathrooms are designed for baths so that you'll have like a bath in the corner but then someone will have purchased if you will and had installed a shower cubicle got it just what we have so we have a shower cubicle and a bath in our shower and the shower cubicles tend to be glass lined yeah with like the Um, railing on the ground kind of thing um well it's like full like seven or eight foot tall glass panels Mm -hmm. um that go all the way down to the ground some people have varying degrees of plastic and glass but ours is totally glass um tempered glass so for safety yeah um (laughs) but shower curtains i'm trying to think i've only ever lived in one house with a shower curtain and that was one that had an electric uh shower attached to it and where the tap was you couldn't really install glass panels yeah and and hotels gotcha well, see, so we have lovely shower curtains with dragonflies on them. They're super pretty. But every time their curtain, the curtains are closed, I live here. I've lived here for a while. Nobody's coming over. And, uh, yeah, if those curtains are closed, I have to open them just to make sure that there's nothing waiting for me on the other side. I mean, it couldn't hurt to check. It's like a compulsion, though, like a fear. If I walk into a bathroom and the shower curtains are closed, I'm instantly like, oh, God. Nah. I mostly, probably my first reaction when I see a shower curtain is, that's shit. I hate shower curtains because they're rubbish. <laughs> they are. They're they absolutely on you. They billow yeah. on you. You're taking a shower and it touches your skin and you're just like, oh, don't touch me. You have to make sure that you put it inside the bath when you're showering. But that means it gets like, like damp at the bottom. Well, no, you, you, have the, you have the liner, the liner which goes on the inside and the curtain which goes on the outside. Not all people have the two layer, layers, layers. Fair enough. Yeah. If so you just my... like a cheap one, it billows. It does billow. And look, you can really tie a room together, though, you know. <laughs> I like the, oh, I love a fabric, man. A print, I love yeah. it. Like I like I used I buy fabrics just because I like the print and you know I would love to have a nice shower curtain in my um, bathroom but it's it's inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of thinking about it now. 
the the top rail of my cubicle actually sticks out a little bit from where the glass is, which makes me think that actually it's a shower rail. It's like a um like a, a curtain rail. So yeah. if you wanted to have privacy inside the glass cubicle, you could, and which means that I could potentially buy really fun shower curtains from Redbubble. Yeah. Because there's some awesome ones on there. Redbubble, if you want to sponsor us, let us know. Oh, God. I have seven things in my basket right now from Redbubble. <laughs> um, they just sit there and I go, oh, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. But I don't know if I'll ever buy it. Things with, like, data on and, yeah. um, like, just random sci-fi references and things like that. Just. Oh, yeah. Now I've got a massive cart, which I've just, I've not... I'm not allowed. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I found a tip, like, well, also remember, like, I have to pay for international shipping because it's from the States and the conversion rate, they just charge the same amount in pounds as dollars. So I'm looking at T-shirts that are like 30 pounds and I'm going, that is a lot of money for a T-shirt, but yeah. it has data on it, just as show comes, you know, so, but no. No. In fact, I was looking at Redbubble today to help inspire me for today's topic because I wanted to see which sort of retro-y video games are still popular enough to have these sort of Redbubble accounts and what kind of things people are, um, like, nostalgia shopping for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a, a few things got added to my cart <laughs> during that side quest. So. Nice. Um, in case people haven't gathered our topic today's video games, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so you're afraid of um, shower curtains and yes. I find them um, really inconvenient. So let's, um, you know, breathe it out, man. The yes, breathe it out. Complete, you know, the shower curtains, man. What are they? What are what they? Are they? <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's take a deep breath. Three, two, one. One. I took that I, one seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a really good breath. <laughs> I can see the focus on your face. Just like, I was letting this go. Yeah, I was also testing to see if it start was already starting to hurt because, sorry, listeners, um, I've had a couple cigarettes, so. Uh, I know, don't, don't, it's fine. But no, it didn't hurt. Everything seems to still be clear. So I've I've not undone all of the, the hard work that I did over the last seven or eight months. But, oh God, you know, when you're so bored, you just want a cigarette. Yeah. I didn't want a cigarette until you said you had a cigarette. And I was like, fuck. Oh, sorry. I just don't think the nicotine is, is working in my vape at the moment. And if I could go and buy more vape juice, I would. But actually where I get my vape juice from is closed Same. so um I, I can't buy nicotine off amazon so there, there, are, there are other people there are other companies that ship nick nick juice i don't know That's if they ship them at yeah i don't know i don't think you can buy nicotine over the internet over here but i actually didn't do that much research into it i like tried one thing and then was like it doesn't work see <laughs> <laughs> That's like Tim. Tim rolls his cigarettes, and um, you can only get packs because you can only get loose tobacco leaf from cigarette sh shops. 
and they're all closed. So he's buying packs again. And I was like, fuck, man, that is so much money. Yeah, it's uh, expensive. It's so expensive. Yeah. It's, it's more expensive here. It's like 11 pounds. 11 pounds. 11 bucks for a pack. It's just shy of 10 pounds for a pack. Oh, yeah. God. Remember, so, it used to be like more. five bucks for a pack. Hey, when we first started, we were on two for one deals, two packs of cigarettes for $5. Yeah. Chesterfields, man. Chesterfields, the glory days. <laughs> yeah, and it was amazing when Camel started doing two for one because mm-hmm. it was like Camels were all of our preferred brands. It was like a gift from God. Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't even think you can legally do that anymore. Uh, now they do the the sort of like buy one get one some kind of discount, but it's it's still just fucking absurd. Well, it is you know tax on unhealthy habits, but it seems that it's kind of ridiculous when you still have to pay for healthcare anyway. We're not getting into that, Danielle. Yeah. We're not, not. But it, I just don't understand taxing bad habits in countries where you have to pay for your healthcare anyway. Like, it doesn't matter because you're paying for your healthcare. So why have taxes on things that are unhealthy that are going to end up making you go to the hospital when you already... It, it just doesn't make it... It makes sense here to highly tax alcohol yeah. and tobacco and things because they're a drain on the NHS. So highly tax them. Yeah. Fine. Because when we go to the hospital, we don't end up in £10,000 worth of debt. We go home with no debt. But it doesn't make sense in a country where you have to pay for it. It's like you're getting, you have to, having to pay for it twice. All over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really just punishment. It's it's shaming and punishment as a deterrent to using and that doesn't work. <laughs> it, anyway. <laughs> Shall we talk about something more fun? I'm so excited about this topic, you have no idea. <laughs> I'm like I'm a pretty casual gamer in terms of I wouldn't go around and be like I play video games. Like I'm I wouldn't even refer to myself as a gamer. I would just say that I am a child of the nineties who has um had video games be a good chunk of my childhood, like any other toy yeah. or any other fad. But at the moment I'd say video games are at a point where I find them a little bit too complex and a little bit too difficult for me because yeah. Oh, really? Okay. I just thought that maybe because I haven't, because I don't play video games all the time, when I pick up a brand new video game and there's like a thousand things to learn about it, I think, oh, that's too much. So I go back in time and I play the games that are probably from, um, I would say my bulk of my favorite games are between 2000 and 2008. And you are the same person, my dear. <laughs> I feel like that's our time, man. That is our time. That is our prime of video game. Our video game prime. But uh, do you want to start with definition? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're going to stick to the same sort of format as we usually do. We're going to do, like, we're going to give you, like, a little introduction to video games, what they are. And then I've got a little bit that I've done some proper research from scientific papers. But then I've also just accumulated a list of video games that I really like. So I might just kind of rush through the the definition and the background of video games and then like rush through my research and then at the very end just go right let's just talk about our favorite video games 
Um, and, you know, I won't be that brokenhearted if we don't even go too deep into my research. But, I mean, I can still read it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to give us some substance Exactly. <laughs> and quick side note before we get into it, we do owe this topic to our super fan fans. So yeah. thank you, sir. I, I'm I hope excited. You're still listening. I believe he is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So today's topic is video games. A uh, perfect activity for today's inside time. Uh, so maybe we'll rekindle your old love for gaming. Maybe we'll spark a new curiosity. But we want to encourage um, safe gaming, which involves staying inside your home and optional connections to online services that enable you to play with people from all over the world. Um, I, for one, have never partook in online gaming cooperative things because I find it intimidating a bit too much. But other people seem to like it. And since we're so very, very, very much on our own right now, I can understand why you'd want to. Anyway, first and foremost, what actually is a video game? A video game is a specific type of software that runs on hardware, a computer or video game console. That hardware platform requires at least some memory some processing capacity and ways to interact with a display or some method with which a player can control the game. Video games are a type of interactive media. The player presses, clicks or types something and then the game will respond according to some established rules. They require programming, graphic design, sound design, music composition and so on. As far back as the 1950s, the use of electronics and especially computers as a medium for entertainment had been considered or experimented with by academics and enthusiastic. It says students, but like people. Yeah. By the 1970s, they were ready. Uh, video games were ready to be mass marketed, first with Pong and variations thereof, then in a series of arcade games such as Canyon Bomber and Lunar Lander. And about the same time, the Atari 2600 VCS was released, which is video computer system. The electronic system used to play video games are called platforms. Video games are developed and released for one or several platforms and may not be available on others. That's why when you'll uh, sometimes hear people say it's available on PlayStation and that's it, that's the platform it's on, but sometimes it's released on PlayStation and Xbox and PC. It just depends on the, the game and the company behind it. Company yeah. yeah. Specialized platforms such as arcade games, which present the game in a large, typically coin-operated chassis, were common in the 1980s, uh, <laughs> duh, in video arcades, but declined in popularity as other more affordable platforms became available. So as soon as people were able to afford to get platforms at home, uh, the sort of video arcades kind of went out of style. Uh, those included the dedicated devices such as video game consoles, as well as general purpose computers like laptops, desktops, and handheld computing devices, which is a fancy way of saying your phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, and also like Game Boys, game Boy, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. 
Since the 2010s, the commercial importance of video game of the video game industry has been increasing. The emerging Asian markets and mobile games on smartphones in particular are driving the growth of the industry. And as of 2018, video games generated sales of 134.9 billion US dollars annually worldwide. Let me just say that again. In one year, video games generated sales of 134.9 billion US dollars worldwide. They are the third largest segment in the US entertainment market, only just behind broadcast cable TV. So (laughs) that's your introduction. I wanted to avoid doing like a massive long like history of video games because that could be like a whole other um but yeah that's basically it you 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 essentially just need a console or platform uh something that you hold in your hands or interact with and a screen yeah do you know when the first video game came out or was made um i read conflicting reports so some some said that it was like in the 1950s Mm -hmm. they had like these sort of um interactive computer games and they would be like computer games at, at computers. And then something said like 1934, but I couldn't actually find what game they were referring to. And that predates television. So I'm. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, as far as what? I can tell, it was like 1958. And it was like, it was like Pong before Pong, but it was, it was an interactive. Uh, they wanted people to be interactive in these, the sort of display mode. I thought that was kind of neat, 1958. It's they've been experimenting with it, yeah. It's because like in the little um blurb that I went into in the beginning, it said it does say as far as back as the fifties, uses use of electronics and and computers as a medium of entertainment had been experimented with. So, um oh like everything, if you want my sources, then just get in touch and I will send them to you because I have um a few today. Um I never just rip things off without taking the source. Um like taking note of the source if anyone ever asks i can send it to them so yeah yeah uh, but yeah it it uh yeah i didn't go too much into like the history of it because i kind of like i said i kind of wanted to avoid that but now we all know just basically what a video game is it's a platform or a console with a like some kind of like thing <laughs> for your hands <laughs> What the fuck is it called? A controller of some yeah. So it can either be a you know a pad or like a, a keyboard or it can just be any kind of like buttons or um, joysticks. That's my motion for joystick. Oh, hello. Our, our listeners can't, but you can imagine that I'm probably doing something quite rude. That's yeah, a quite, it's a little inappropriate. Yeah, I mean. D- <laughs> She gestures into the microphone. <laughs> Maybe the wind will be picked up. You never know. But anyway, nice. do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we all pretty much know how a video game works, what what they are. Um, yeah, I mean, all I all I brought to the table are fun facts and just my my wanting to talk about video games. That's really what I brought to this table. So uh, do you want to read your paper and then we can just chat? Sure. I, I didn't just do one paper. I um, 
I wanted to get like kind of a oh god a really superficial brief um overview about whether or not video games are bad for us yeah because people are constantly talking about how video games are bad for us and they don't seem to ever back it up with sources so I thought well I'll go and have a look what the sources say right are video games bad for us so there's a few um and then I've got my my summary at the end so I'll I'll read through it's quite a lot of it is just quotes because they say it better than I could ever say it so I might as well just read what they say um and again sources available upon request (laughs) okay so from a study published by a researcher for the APS which is the Association for Psychological Science in the Perspectives on Psychological Science 2014 the issue of whether video games violent or non-violent harm children and adolescents continues to be hotly contested in the scientific community among politicians and in the general public To date, researchers have focused on college student samples in most studies on video games, often with poorly standardised outcome measures. To answer questions about harm to minors, these studies are arguably not very illuminating. In the current analysis, I, I, who is the um, researcher, sought to address this gap by focusing on studies of video game influences on child and adolescent samples. The effect of overall video game use and exposure to violent video games specifically were considered, although this was not an analysis of pathological game use. Overall, results from 101 studies suggest that video game influences on increased aggression, reduced prosocial behaviour, reduced academic performance, depressive symptoms and attention deficit symptoms are minimal. Issues related to researchers' degrees of freedom and citation bias also continue to be common problems for the field, and publication bias remains a problem for studies of aggression. So this guy's study found that behaviour changed, like, minimally, like, marginally. He has these, like... um, uh, ratios that i don't understand which must be for like psychology people because this is like r equals 0.04 or like i don't know what that means yeah (laughs) but essentially it just means like nothing essentially well because i mean they were they were trying to figure out whether it causes depression or or things like that and it generally people who People who are depressed are already predisposed to being depressed. You know, people who are violent are already predisposed to being violent, regardless of whether they play video games or not. Right, but actually, that is saying that whether or not they're playing video games, the the change is minimal anyway. Yeah. So even if they were predisposed, but I'll get into that in a minute. So another study published in the Journal of Youth and Adolescence in 2017, so much more recent, looked at how video gaming impacted the psychosocial well-being of a sample group of 194 children between 7 and 11 years old, around half male and half female. It found that, quote, although gaming at... Uh, sorry, although gaming was associated with increases in emotional problems at the start of the study, violent gaming was not associated with psychosocial changes, 
Cooperative gaming was not associated with changes in pro-social behavior, and competitive gaming was associated with decreases in pro-social behavior, but only among children who played video games with high frequency. So basically, gaming frequency was related to increases internalizing, but not externalizing, attention or peer problems. Violent gaming was not associated with increases increases in externalized problems and for children playing approximately eight hours or more per week frequent competitive gaming may be a risk factor for decreasing pro-social behavior so basically gaming makes people more introverted not extroverted with high frequency players mm-hmm. so <laughs> that kind of is counterintuitive isn't it yeah in terms of like people keep going violent video games breed violent children no actually violent video games seem to be making children more introverted inside their own brain they're not acting on these things so there was a more general study of the effects of video games in 2014 so predating this um, and they found a multitude of benefits for people including cognitive motivational emotional social benefits and with proper serious gaming so not like play gaming um, health and educational benefits including mental health so I'll I'll quote from their um, their conclusions which really sums it up quite quite nicely both traditional and video games are fundamentally voluntary in nature they can include competitive and cooperative objectives players immerse themselves in pretend worlds that are safe contexts in which negative emotions can be worked out and the game allows a sense of control with just enough unpredictability to feel deep satisfaction and intense pride when formidable goals are finally reached yeah Yet video games today and those on the radar for development in the near future are also unique forms of play. So you're getting all these benefits while you're playing. Video games are socially interactive in a way never before afforded. Increasingly, players are gaming online with friends, family and complete strangers, crossing vast geographical distances and blurring not only cultural boundaries, but also age and generation gaps, socioeconomic differences and language barriers. The large amount of time invested in playing video games may also mean that they provide qualitatively different experiences than conventional games. And video games have the potential for interventions that promote well-being, including the prevention and treatment of mental health problems in youth. So that was a really optimistic look on video games. But we cannot forget that um, the American Psychiatric Association has identified Internet gaming disorder as a potential psychiatric condition, as well as other disorders associated with gaming and its addictive nature. The the intensity and overall impact of which is still being studied. In other words, they are very, they're very well might be, uh, video games very well might be, video games are probably very addictive, but they might be manageable and reasonably harmless when treated or untreated, or they might be a big deal. The jury is still out, or rather the scientists are still collecting data. It's going to end up being, I think it's going to end up being one of those spectrum things, I suspect, because I, I personally don't believe in dichotomies. So that's, even before we talk about underlying conditions, which may or may not be contributing, um, I just want to get it out there that I'm not going, oh, video games are harmless, but they very much might be. But I think that it's going to be like 
a spectrum, which again, I'm going to summarize um, later. So in regards to children specifically, so let's get a specific case study in here. So we'll talk about Pokemon Go, okay? Okay. Because that was a, is, was and is an absolute phenomenon. So this is literally from this study that looked at specifically Pokemon Go in adolescent children. The recent release of Pokemon Go has ushered in a new set of challenges for parents and pediatricians, highlighting the importance of parents setting guidelines for video game use with their children. Within one week of its launch, the game attracted over 65 million users, many of whom are young children. Despite the potential benefits of the game described in our article, which um, I don't really go too much into, um, this location-based game format poses specific threats to the safety and physical well-being of children. Reports have discussed both the benefits and adverse effects on this extremely popular video game. Benefits include increased exercise, socialization, and outdoor activity, negative effects include increased increased risk of injury abduction trespassing violence and cost i always love that money comes into it <laughs> pediatricians play a key role in counseling parents and children about safety precautions and setting appropriate limits for impressionable youth parents and pediatricians should be aware of this new and remarkably popular video game that appeals to a wide variety of individuals to protect children from injury predators and inappropriate situations parents and pediatricians must regulate children's participate in this game participation in this game and maintain vigilance for potentially dangerous circumstances in other words you are responsible for raising your child not yeah. video games <laughs> what you do or do not do will affect your child's behavior do not blame games when you've not even tried to create a healthy relationship or game between games and children, between games and your child. So are video games bad for us? It's not an easy yes or no. There are degrees to which they are bad for us and degrees to which they benefit us, like all things. Yeah. Have to self-regulate and reflect on how gaming is impacting our lives, mental health, physical health, and so on, and make adjustments if necessary. For the most part, people will not need to take such drastic such drastic actions, maybe just limit gameplay when they have deadlines and not buy games when they can't afford it. So just be smart and enjoy yourselves and don't let people say things like video games are bad for you, because that's complete bullshit. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> <laughs> there's no yes or no answer to whether or not they're good for you it's like everything yeah well and it's just it's just uh it's like anything that's fun do it in moderation yeah i think well like basketball is bad for you if you break your fucking ankle yeah you know but it's good for you if you're exercising it's the same it, honestly it's the same but your mind i didn't even go into all of the great things that video games can do for your mind because i just thought i like be a little, like a bit boring because essentially you can learn um, critical thinking skills, problem solving skills. You can um, increase your cognitive awareness. You can develop better um, spatial awareness, even if you're playing video games, because there are um, interactive games where you wear headgear that can help you work out like space, space and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just it's. <sighs> You socialize, you learn how to uh, build new relationships, you learn how to communicate. It's like, 
incredible things, but people, the people that go like, ah, video games, ah, are people that don't play video games. Yeah, exactly. It's like people that go, ah, D&D is for Satan, are people that have never played D&D. Mm-hmm. Are people that, you know, and it's just, but there's so many great things, but I do understand the addictive nature, because we did briefly talk about how kind of everyone knows that the reason why video games are so addictive is because every time you achieve something, you get a little hit of dopamine. Yeah. Um, and it's like a little micro dose of, um, that just like makes you feel kind of like just a little good, and sure. that can be highly addictive. But what's the difference between getting that like hit of nice from that and like hit of nice scoring a goal in football? Yeah, yeah. very similar thing. The only only difference is that uh, you get them a little bit more frequently <laughs> with video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, frequently in a lower dose rather than yeah. um yeah, but it's just. It's that sort of same, it's a very similar satisfaction. As far as your brain's concerned, it's the same. Um, you're just not getting the physical exercise part. But if you're the kind of person that plays video games and goes running, dude, you, you're you cool. You've got it all worked out. You've got it on the on track. You're perfect. Congratulations on being perfect. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> so what was the first video game you've ever played? The first? Yes. Probably Sonic. Sonic oh. the Hedgehog. Okay. I see. How old were you? Nine. Eight. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. the first video game I played was probably Mario when I was about, I want to say six. Because when I lived in Pennsylvania, so it must have, it had to have been before I was seven. I was still in England, so it was before I was pre-10. But, oh no, I tell you what, I tell a lie, it was Pac-Man. It was Pac-Man and it was a handheld Pac-Man game. You know how you could get, there used to be a like a handheld console thing that was shaped like Pac-Man's head. And oh, inside his mouth was a tiny screen that you could play Pac-Man on. That will have been the first video game I ever played. Because nice. it belonged to aunt and she loaned it to me. And she got a Sega Game Gear as well. Do you remember Game Gears? No, I don't. I was never, never did the Sega thing. All right. Well, Sega, I definitely had Sega. Sega was the first console or platform that we, um, I'm more used to calling it a console than a platform. So I'm just going to continue to say console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Game Gear was a Sega handheld device that was like, you know, I don't, it's probably the size of what's the new thing that people are playing now? I'm too old. I don't know. There's like a new type of handheld game that everybody's playing now. Switch? Is that it? Uh, I don't know. Switch is handheld. I don't know. But there's a thing that people are holding in their hands. And I think it's yellow. Or it comes in yellow. I don't know. Um, it's about that size. I had a yeah, yeah. in the middle. Probably I had a Tetris game. I had a Sonic game. And I think there was like, you know, like a destroy the gems type game on it. So yeah. it would have been things like that. But like first proper video game console was definitely a Sega Genesis, which is called um, something else here. I um, can't remember what it's called in the UK, but I was in the States by then. And it was it was my brother's. He got he got a Sega Genesis. Nice. Not long after we'd got there, because I remember it was in the apartment that we lived in right when we got to California. So it must have been like 97. Yeah, just just as a quick uh, side note, we are both born mid '80s, so our 
our discussion on video games may be a little bit more, maybe a little different to other people currently. We don't play as frequently as, um, or we don't play as many of the more modern games. Uh, like we kind of mentioned, or like we were talking to each other earlier, a lot of the games that we were big fans of were primarily in like the, the 90s through mid 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at my list here and I was smart and I wrote, and I typed in whenever I noticed whatever, like all, not on all of them, but on most of them, the year that they came out. And yeah. I think that our, like most of the games are between 97 and 2008. Yeah. I think the latest one is the, the most, the newest one that I have on the list is Skyrim. But that's only because I was mentioning Elder Scrolls for Oblivion because Elder Scrolls for Oblivion is my favorite game. Oh, okay. See, I can't. I'm Elder Scrolls is a bit more open world, right? Yeah, I love that. That's what I love. See, and I can't do open world games. I'm terrible at them. Mm. There's only one open world game that I'm moderately good at, and those are the Fallout games. Yeah, Fallout's on my list too. Which Fallout do you like the most? I fucking love Fallout. Right now, I'm playing Fallout Four. Yeah. Um. But uh, I want to say... I love Fallout 3, though. Fallout 3, yeah. I was really but... sad when I... Because I've got an Xbox One. Okay. And it's been a while since I tried to play any games, but my Fallout 3 is from the Xbox 360, and they're not compatible. And I was like, why would they make one of their most popular games not compatible? Yeah. <laughs> so That's... I downloaded 4 and New Vegas from the game store. New Vegas is fun. It's, you know, but uh, yeah, I really love Fallout 3. Yeah, me too. Is the, <laughs> do you find that you just like the one that you played first the most? Um, I like, think I that's a problem. Like that. I feel like that's a problem with people roughly in our age group is that we have a tendency to attra- attach ourselves stronger to the first of something that we experience. It's that nostalgia thing. Yeah. Um, so I like the first Bioshock the most. I like the first Fable the most. Like yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, but I I agree that a lot of the sequels, particularly when we first started gaming, right? Like when we started getting really heavy into gaming, um, there was this weird transitional period around the 2008 to 2015 where the sequel games were just they weren't close enough to the to the same. And the mechanics were were like just so so different that it just felt like an assault on the thing that we loved about the first game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they did get more complicated. Is the best best way of saying it. They just got harder. They got harder but to I mean, play. I think it was like Fable. It was Fable Two, where it was just like ten times easier, and I was so frustrated with that. They had the little line, little dots on the path ahead of you. So oh, I kind of like that, actually. I mean, I liked it for practicality's sake, but on the other hand, I'm all like, I feel like you're telling me I'm stupid. Well, no, I like that because in, in, in Oblivion, you can learn a spell that you can cast that tells you what direction to go in. And I, I freaking love that. Because I can't that's tell fine. you how many times I've like, stared at a map and been like, what? I don't know where I'm going. Well, and, but I don't mind having the option to know where my path is. Um, But when it's just like that that's just how it is to just have that path set for you it's a little bit i don't know it made me feel like they thought i was stupid 
Oh, I, I think that it would make me, yeah, like thinking on it, it makes me feel like I can't deviate from that path. Like I have to stay on that path. Whereas in worlds like that, you want to be going into like, you know, behind people's houses and looking for barrels full of meat. Yeah, see, I'm I'm the, I'm the worst. That's why I think this is why open world games fuck me up is that I like to check everything. Yeah, I, I check will everything. check every item. It drives my kids crazy when they watch me play a video game. I'm like, but there might be ammo here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm like that too. Just go on. You've been here for like five minutes. Well, I haven't checked every room. I have to check every room. It's also a little frustrating with Dungeons and Dragons. I'm the same way there. But uh, whole other whole other thing. Um yeah, I think the, yeah, the first game I played was probably Mario. My first console, though, was PlayStation. And I was so excited because we grew up kind of, you know, uh, not wealthy. So to have a console was so exciting. Well, oh, my God, I'm like a normal person now. And it came with, came with Tomb Raider and Silent Hill and... Tekken, I think. I think it was Tekken. Some one of those fighting games. It was just I I instantly was completely obsessed with it. Yeah, PlayStation is probably mm, controversially. I think that I'm gonna say PlayStation's probably my favorite console of them all. Mm-hmm. Um. Because my first, my first console, the one that actually came into my possession and lived in my bedroom, was a PlayStation. And that's only because my brother got a PlayStation 2. So he, yeah, yeah. he, I got, like, handed down the PlayStation. But that was fine with me, because I could play Metal Gear Solid. I could play Medieval, which is, by the way, still one of my favorite games ever. Nice. Melanie, Medieval was 1998. Shut up. Shut up. Shut your whore mouth. 1998. Silent Hill, 1999. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look back on, if you play the first Silent Hill, oh, it is so bad. But it is still so good. <laughs> I know. Like, I, can we just stop and talk about how Silent Hill traumatized us? Because oh, it's 1999, so we were about 12. Uh, let's see. 12 years old. Was I 12? No, I must have been 13, because you're... Oh, uh, 13, yeah, okay. You're well, I was younger than everyone else, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I was 13. 12 or 13. Oh, um, man. Um, I just remember the very first scene. Okay, so if you've not... If you're listening, you've not played Silent Hill, the first one. The you very st- first one. You start off, the very first thing that happens to you is that like the, like scary wise is that you get trapped down an alleyway with like open corpses um nailed to rail railings and fences while these little baby things that have no lower bodies crawl towards you going like Aah! and you get overwhelmed by these little baby things and you're like Aah! and then you fall unconscious and wake up in an abandoned school it is fucking terrifying <laughs> i couldn't handle the the guys with like the long white arms that would like scuttle in the mists on the streets yeah 
They're all horrible, which is why I love the movie, because the movie had all the monsters from the first Silent Hill in it. And it's just, they did it so well. And it's the guy, isn't it? Um, Oh, God, what's his name? I follow him on Instagram now. He's in the new Star Trek and everything. He's a proper character actor, and people know him now. Uh, But he's got really long limbs. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's been in um, Del Toro Doug films. Jones. Doug Jones, right? Doug Jones, Doug Jones. So it's Doug Jones doing like the really gnarly ones, mm-hmm. and I just pyramid it, head. Oh God, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, we've well, kind of skipped the- over N64 a little bit. I know, but real quick, uh, just on on the whole Silent Hill movie thing, it's really funny to me because people who haven't played the game go, God, that movie was so terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, the acting was so awful. It's one of those things. It's like, all of these actors, you know, they are really good actors. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these actors are people that you know can do so much better than this. But if you've played the video games, you also, you've got to understand, the acting in the video games is the worst acting in any video game ever. I can't think of any video game with worse, like, more stoic characters then they're so bad there is a sink here i wonder what could be in it just really really static bad characters and there there's i used to be a prostitute i'll protect you it's just fantastic it's so good um and and they really nail it with that movie this the the acting is so wooden and kind of just off and strange the music is music straight from the video game mm-hmm. the shots are shots straight from the video game because the silent hill was the first game that really you didn't have control of yeah. I, I mean for the long time there was always sort of like a static screen and you would run across it like mario you'd just run to the right for the most part jump up jump down um and then you had games like tomb raider where you could control the camera and where you were looking at but Silent Hill, you could control your camera until you went into a room and it was just like, nope, this is what you're looking at. And it was just, you were fucked because it would give you this camera view that would just fuck you. <laughs> you couldn't see anything outside of this weird angle off to the to right in the corner of the ceiling. It was so messed up. It was genius. It's very, very creative and, and, and you know, has stood the test of time, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Definitely people who, who played the game got the movie and people that didn't play the game didn't get the movie. The movie is pretty bad from a perspective of somebody that hasn't played video games. It is specifically tailored for people who have played yeah. the game. Yeah, but if you play the video games, it's just like scene for scene, perfection. Like the only thing is like they changed the main character to be Naomi Watts to be a woman. Yeah. Whereas well, in the game... Naomi you're... Watts, it was... Uh... Oh, she's got such a cool, strange Wasn't that Naomi Watts? No. Uh, she in one of the sequels? She may have been. I didn't watch any of the sequel movies. I refused. I'm getting um, Sorry. Cast. Come on. She's got such a cool name. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Rada Mitchell. Okay. And Laurie Holden as the cop. Oh, so hot. <laughs> she has so... to play the cop in the game as well. She she is the character. But yeah, we anyway we went into the the late '90s before we did play, we we didn't talk about N64. We, we did actually N64 was amazing. Like as much as I love PlayStation, because there's obviously like we're gonna probably talk about more PlayStation games mm-hmm. as we. Um, 
especially as it goes into PlayStation 2, which is arguably superior. I mean, it is superior, but, but <laughs> nostalgia-wise, PlayStation will always have a place in my heart. But N64 was always, like, my brother's thing. Like, I think he quite liked N64. But I really did like GoldenEye a lot. Um, I, and it was, I watched people play it, but I never played it myself. I love GoldenEye. But... Um, I was thinking about this and I looked it up the year of this. I remember this game coming out on N64 and going to Best Buy and playing it in in store. You know how they used to have like the setups in the middle of Best Buy where you could try out games? Yeah. Well, it was like a launch party for this game and I must have been 11 years old. And I can't believe it because this game was launched in 1997. So I must have been 11, but I have, I definitely remember this. Star Fox. Mm. Yeah. That was 1997? That was 1997. I looked it up. Like, I was like, it can't have been that early. It can't have been that early. It was. Star Fox 64 was 1997. It had already come out earlier. Um, as just Star Fox, but I never played the original Star Fox. It was Star Fox 64, and I remember going to Best Buy and playing on the the center console thing that they had for its launch. And so, and all everywhere I looked, everywhere said it was released in Northern American provinces, whatever, in 1997. Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and if you can believe this, Pokemon. Yeah. On Game Boy. I believe my first um, Pokemon game was either the red or blue game. So they come out in uh, colors, for those yeah. of you who are familiar. And the red blue era was 1998. Now. Yeah. I can't be sure that that was what I was because there's an inkling, there's like a little part of me that thinks it might have been the next year, the gold-silver release of 1999. But I do remember that I bought, well, I got it bought for me um, and my brother at the same time for Christmas. The I got the transparent purple Game Boy with one of the, the games so either the red or blue or gold or silver and my brother got the other game yeah so if it was gold silver era i got gold and he got silver like that with a different color game boy from costco nice in a little set and we picked them and then we got them for christmas and i still have my transparent purple game boy wow nice yeah nice but none of the games <laughs> I don't know where it is I think it's in a drawer upstairs or something I was going to try to dig it out but then I was like nah, I can't be bothered I'll just end up looking through boxes of memories and crying oh, um, <laughs> but yeah I, I didn't realise that Pokemon was that early either so it's either 98 or 99 first Pokemon game that I played Yeah, pretty young um, I'm, I'm leaning towards 99 but not until it might have been Christmas of 98 or it might have been Christmas of 99. Not sure. Got it. Did you ever play in the old, like, PC games, like Doom or uh, Hexen? Never played PC games. So, like, I, I didn't get any of the, the early 
uh, Nintendo or, or Sega consoles. Um, we just never could really afford them. Uh, if I if I played on them, they were at friends' houses or what have you. But we did have a computer, and I played this game called Hexen. I had Doom, but I had a Doom, uh, was it a Trial Disc? All right. <laughs> so it was like uh, the first four or five levels of it. <laughs> and I played that a million times. But Hexen I was particularly obsessed with, which is basically Doom. Um, and this is this is old Doom, where you're moving at breakneck speed. You know, there's right. no there's no walk or or hide or or crouch. It was just zoom. Um, you're moving at breakneck speed, running into walls, running into monsters. And Hexen was the same thing, but you could be like a sorcerer or a warrior or uh, it was like mage, barbarian, you know, something like that. You fought similar kind of monsters with giant heads and reptilian features. But I was obsessed. And my room, well, not roommate, there was this woman who was living with us named Stacy. Uh, and she and I would write newsletters of the Hexen world, like uh, slimy green reptilian man looking for love, you know, just little four page things. And it was just for us. We weren't distributing them anywhere, but that's that's how big a nerd I was. I really loved Hexen. That's I still have it. Horrible. I have the, the CD they have the disc of Hexen still. <laughs> Aw, I wonder if it still works. I still have Primal. Do you remember Primal? I've, I've, yes, yes. Okay. I still have that, just in case it ever, I, there's ever a console that's backwards compatible all the way back down to PlayStation. <laughs> I. You could probably just get an emulator online. Possibly. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means. I'm too old. Okay, I'm not gonna get into it, but yeah. It's like an <laughs> app. <laughs> I just wanna play Primal. I love that game so much. There will probably be a way if you just Google it, but I don't know. Maybe that one's a bit obscure. It's really fucking obscure. Primal was a game, um, if you don't know it, was when did that one come out? Jesus. Cause that was PlayStation. It wasn't PlayStation 2, right? No, no, no. I don't know, because I was going to ask whether or not you had a PlayStation or PlayStation 2 when we were... It must have been a PlayStation 2 when you were living at the house with people's and we used to have Red Faction and Soul Calibur 3 parties. Yes, that was a PlayStation 2. Yeah, so we're talking like 2002, 2003, and then Soul Calibur 3 apparently came out in 2005, so we must have been playing Soul Calibur 2. But I love Soul Calibur 4 when Yoda becomes a fucking character. Yeah. I have a bunch of Soul Calibur games too. <laughs> Great. Soul Calibur and Red Faction are two of the most fun games to play with friends when you're um <laughs> toasty. 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 <laughs> oh my oh, god. Man. Were you there when I punched Brett in the face? Yeah, because he got the big gun. Well, no, okay, so Red Faction, really basic game, really basic. You got weapons, you run around. It's like Halo, but older. <laughs> it was like the original Halo kind of thing, running around just shooting your friends. And I kept respawning right in front of our friend Brett. And oh, he knew it. Right yeah, he knew it. He knew it was me. He knew it was happening. And he would kill me dead every single time. And we were stoned. You know, this was just what we did. This was many years ago. I can't judge us now. But <laughs> it 
it happened like 13 times in a row. And eventually I stood up, I punched my friend directly in the face and I went outside and smoked a cigarette. He was very upset. He could he not learned, even punch him. He learned about consequences that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, just give me, just give me a second. It's, I, I know it's not your fault because you know, he's not controlling where I respawn. I get that. But if he's constantly aware that I'm responding right in front of him, you'd think there, there would be just a modicum of respect. Like, oh, man, you haven't been able to shoot a single bullet in like 10 minutes. But no, no. But so you provided him with a valuable lesson because I know you're listening, Brett. Well, occasionally you listen, Brett. Mm-hmm. You're an only child and you had to learn those things somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Because you didn't have an older or younger sibling to teach you that lesson. Melanie taught it to you. I was here for you in those moments when you needed to be punched in the face. It was a teaching moment, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about it is that I don't remember it being a big deal any longer than that day. Um, it, it, it it was a kind of a consistent issue of respawning directly in front of someone. If it wasn't Brett, it was like Brooke. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... When you died, you understood that there was a good, like, 50-60% chance that you were going to respawn in front of somebody who would just shoot you dead. Now we would call that kind of thing a bug, wouldn't we? We'd say that that was a glitch or a bug, like, that you need to get that sorted. And probably in later um, uh, versions of Red Faction probably did get rid of that. But it was was just fun in general until until it wasn't it was fun until it wasn't so we'd play yeah. red faction we play soul caliber and probably you don't know jack oh yeah you don't know jack i still have that too well the thing is we just signed up for game pass because we've been you now playing on the um you know the xbox more so we signed up for a game pass and there the, the, those people jack tv are still making games so awesome. We downloaded um, like a, a multi-pack, whatever, of games, but they're really multiplayer. So a lot of them, you kind of have to have like three to seven players to make it fun. Mm-hmm. So we kind of need people to like come and play those games with us. But there's been a couple that we can play two players, but there aren't, they're, 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 they're set up for groups, which is the, basically what You Don't Know Jack was as well, was yeah. set up for four players. Yeah. And if possible, teams. So, but yeah, no, I definitely remember sitting on your balcony for half an hour, <laughs> getting, getting, one thing or another. Yeah, getting ready and then going inside <laughs> and playing the shit out of those three games just constantly. Yeah. And then maybe watching some mystery science theater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or black adder or young ones. We watched those a lot. Potentially films of various degrees of yeah scariness and such violence violence <laughs> or nature documentaries because we both owned like planet earth the first dvd set and we'd watch that yeah oh man there's nothing like going god why did you make that thing why does that bug do that thing as a whole sorry it's a whole other thing. um <laughs> yeah the the only game I haven't mentioned that I had on my list that I just kind of wanted to do like an honorable mention to was a game that I probably spent a little bit more time playing I'm willing to admit, but Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, funny enough, I'm just starting to play that again because I knew that my kids would love it and they do. Yeah, it's 
ridiculous, but um, I you wouldn't think it to look at me, but I really did enjoy playing Kingdom Hearts. It I'm not a huge Disney fan, and it but that's not what it is. It just happens to have Disney characters, and they're really well thought out and really really cool characters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about that world was great. I probably going back and playing it now might not have the same effect on me maybe but I, I i think it's one of the few games that at the time i played beginning to end like yeah. um multiple times because it was also a game that you could complete yes absolutely um, but it was difficult it was difficult in that you couldn't just do it easily you couldn't just like sit there and do it you had to like work your way through it and you had to work out because the, the the body in the end was just the hand yeah that was hard and you had to like train yourself to get there but it's just hard enough that you feel like that sense of achievement and just easy enough that you can do it probably in like a week maybe sitting in the evenings and playing i was stuck for like three days trying to beat ursula i was really mad about it i don't remember any like specific parts of the game like that i do remember um like sort of like battles between myself and those little floaty black things with goofy and mickey and donald like kicking ass yeah. and being awesome that was another thing as well because at the time if you do, if you correct me if i'm wrong but accompanying characters in games up to that point either were shit and didn't do anything so every time you had an interaction with another like with anything on screen they would like not do anything so there was pointless having them or yeah. they die so well, it was really frustrating. The biggest where problem in Kingdom Hearts, they kicked ass, and they yeah. could actually, you could actually stand back and watch them do the fighting for you. Biggest problem with Kingdom Hearts was that Donald wastes wastes potions like no one's fucking. Oh, business. I remember that. Yeah, you're right. Such an asshole. So that's why I don't give him any potions. Yeah. And if I have an option to pick, because um, every time I go to a new world, you can pick you know, the main character, like, in Peter Pan, but you'd have to lose either Donald or Goofy. I'm keeping Goofy. Fuck Donald. And I'll give Peter Pan all the potions and <laughs> trust that he's not an asshole about it. No, I definitely... No, you're absolutely right. You'd be looking at him and he'd be covered in blue mist. You'd be like, no, you're not even hurt! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm fine! Fucking stop it! <laughs> yeah. Wait till the battle is over! I get <laughs> the most out of the potion! Yeah. <laughs> and just... I can't navigate giving people potions. I'm too busy dodging and shit. So I have to trust them to potion me when I need it. But Goof- Donald just is no no filter. Filter. He's just like, take it! <laughs> oh my god. All right, so I got a couple honorable mentions, too. We briefly mentioned Bioshock, but nowhere near in-depth enough. Okay. Bioshock is my favorite video game of all time. She has a Bioshock tattoo. I have a Bioshock tattoo. I have a big daddy with a little sister on my leg. I love Bioshock so hard. I've probably played the first Bioshock 15 times. Same thing with Fable. I've probably played the first Fable over 20 times, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. And I love Bioshock 2. Anyone who doesn't like Bioshock 2 is, I can't. I just can't understand it. Like, but it's just more of the same. I'm all, yes, good. Keep That's me the there. point. Keep me it there as long as you possibly can. And a lot of people had problems with Bioshock 3. I loved it. Yeah, it's not Bioshock 1 or 2. 
it's it's a completely different world but boy howdy is it beautiful beautiful and weird and strange and spooky and mildly offensive and i love it well i went to play bioshock um as part of research for this podcast and i found out that bioshock is not compatible on the xbox one what? so what? yeah so what oh shit sorry no i'm thinking of no Turner just shouted from the other room <laughs> yeah it is it was oblivion that wasn't compatible got it <laughs> bioshock is but if you're interested at the moment on the game store they have all the bioshocks in one pack for you to yeah. buy for 11 pound 39 so it might be the same price in dollars so check it out yeah but i just recently in the last year finally upgraded my system i had an xbox one um and now i have a ps4 so I'm I'm swanky, but I've switched consoles, which means that I'm also sitting on like 30 or 40 video games that I can't play anymore. I'm sad. So, so you've gone back to PlayStation from Xbox. Yeah. I always saw you as an Xbox person. Yeah, but my favorite... Okay, so neck and neck with Bioshock would be God of War. And God of War is a game that you can only play on PlayStation. Okay. Which is, hurts my heart. Kratos is a specifically PlayStation, this Sony character. Okay. Um, and it was Father's Day, and Tim doesn't really play video games that much, but we ended up at a, uh, what's it called? Fry's Electronics store. Okay. And uh, there was a really good deal on a PlayStation 4. And it the the new God of War game, the newest God of War game, was like 50% off. And I'm all like, happy Father's Day. I'm buying me a PlayStation. <laughs> so I did that. And I love God of War. I love it so much. Oh, God. There is no... There, oh, the amount of micro-orgasms that I have while playing God of War is really gross. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. It is the sexiest. Oh, I'm getting flushed. Just thinking I've about it. I've never played. I've never played it. Oh, the first God of War game is like they had me point blank because one of the very first things you could do was fuck a chick in a bathtub or like a like a little hot springs tub. I'm like, yes, sold. But I've always been a huge fan. That would have the opposite effect on me. Oh, I'd be I'm like, such oh, a gross neck beers and their fucking nasty ass fantasies about attainable women. Well, it was just like, I think the screen went black and you could just hear No, sounds. don't even try to defend it. It's it hot. like roast chauvinism. He's so hot, though. But <laughs> I'm a huge, huge goober for um, mythology, particularly Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. And so climbing up a titan and having like 15 minutes of gameplay just to find that you're maybe at his belly button. So cool. It's so cool. And oh. then this latest game they they have this norse mythology crossover with it oh god my nips are gonna fall off they're so excited I fucking, <laughs> i'll oh. see i'll see about that one that one might be a part of the the game pass i'll have a look so we have crazy. an xbox one downstairs that that's what we play on and we have a playstation 3 upstairs i think oh uh, no no i didn't have an xbox one i had an xbox 360 sorry i never had an xbox one i'm always a system behind yeah, it's confusing because they called the Xbox One, the Xbox One, which is the one that comes after Xbox 360, which is fucking stupid. Yeah. 
Um, I still get confused that Xbox One is the newest Xbox. Yeah. Um, I think I if so if, if something's called One, it makes you think it's the first. Yeah, earlier version. <laughs> The Xbox is that's the first one, but it's not. It's Xbox, and then it's Xbox 360, and then it's Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. I, like PlayStation's got it right. PlayStation, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Three, PlayStation <laughs> Four. Thanks, PlayStation, keeping it simple. Yeah, yeah. My only big beef is that they're not backwards compatible, and that really infuriates me. It does make me upset as well. But Turner was trying to explain to me it has to do with you know you've got to like move on at some point to new no. games no we don't <laughs> just keep playing I, on the original xbox <laughs> i still have my primal game from 20 years ago i'm not moving on <laughs> no. okay okay melanie you don't have to don't I worry won't. do you know why people of our age are so painfully nostalgic um I've heard this. Have we discussed this? And I'm just not thinking of it at the moment. Possibly. Tell me and I'll tell you if I've heard it. Um, One of my favorite theories, and it's very, very, very sound one, is that our generation, particularly being born in the early to mid 80s, we went through such a vast and quick uh, technology shoot. So when we were born, there was like cable TV and VCRs. And then we had Discman, uh, Walkmans, and then Discmans, and then computers, and then gaming consoles, and everything, and, and the DVDs, and everything just went from one thing to another. And we we navigated it smoothly, but we went from that transition of not having technology to having so much crazy technology that everything felt like we didn't have enough time to really live in it. So we're just deeply, deeply nostalgic. I, though that is true, and I would say what happens is that we grew up with technology, and not saying that we grew up with having technology in our lives, we grew up as technology was growing up as well. So mm-hmm. as we were children, it was the simple tech, and as we got older, the tech got as com- more complicated that we could interact with at the right age. It's kind of like growing up with Harry Potter kind of thing, how yeah. you age at the same time as the characters are aging in the books. It's the same sort of thing. You, our sort of generation, if you will, millennials, grew up having a childhood without tech, mm-hmm. but then little tiny tech introductions like Tamagotchis and Game Boys and things like at just the right ages to be... Um, you know, like they were marketed at us. Yeah. So by the time we get to, let's say, middle school, home computers are pretty common. They're marketing it towards us. So we're playing like Neopets and going on AIM and it's all sort of for us. And as technology and video games and stuff like that are coming into their age, if you will, coming of age, we're coming of age. So we grew yeah. up with technology and technology grew up with us. I definitely think that's part of our um sort of material culture um threads if you will like that's part of our identity but i think that i have a problem with people saying that we are more nostalgic than any other generation i don't believe that we are i just think that we have more platforms to express our nostalgia and 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 more things to express nostalgia about Mm -hmm. i don't think that we're any more or less 
nostalgic than the generations before genuinely because i think that as i get older the more i realize that the reason why my parents were listening to certain types of music was because they were pining for when they were listening to certain types of music when they were 17 18 19. you know yeah, they but- did the same things that we do but we just have more platforms to express our nostalgia well yeah and we have the ability to collect so like my my friend who uh well she worked with me at the mall um She's got like a 35-year-old son-in-law who still collects Power Rangers mm-hmm. and Power Ranger toys. And she's like, why does she do that? He's, he's you know, a man now. Because we do that now. Because yeah. we collect pieces of our childhood. It's like, um, so feeling nostalgic for the sort of the look and the feel of the 90s, as well as you know, because we want to kind of step back in time and look and, and feel like we're kids again. We can do that now because of the internet. We can go back. And if we can't find the actual imagery and the actual maybe like art and environment in which we want to immerse ourselves, we can create it. There are mm-hmm. apps that create those things. I am huge into the Vaporwave fad at the moment, which is that sort of like weird um, adaptation of late 80s early 90s graphic art with modern images and images of like greek statues and things like that i absolutely love it i think it's aesthetically very pleasing and i know that to use the term aesthetic is very uh faddy as well but that is what it is but i love it when i look at like i've got like little gifs on my phone which are like playstations with tigers and like rippling backgrounds that makes me like Windows 98, my actual laptop has the old Windows XP loading screen as as a, um, uh, like a screensaver type of thing. And my background is the green rolling hills of XP. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely have it. I have that nostalgia, but I, I just, I just think it's unfair to say that we're most, because like, I think about, I read poetry from people from like the 19th century and they wax poetic about their youth and feeling like, well, yeah, I mean, you want to go back in time. Being nostalgic is a basic human thing, but I, I, I do feel like we're more rabidly nostalgic possibly because it's more material it's more like material because it's more accessible yeah just a thought did you ever play on my cdi system no i don't know what i can't what i cannot recall it to the memory cdi was this giant it was thicker than a vcr it stood probably about four inches four or five inches thick um playstation size sort of like you know width and and length but it was about four or five inches tall and it played like computer game discs but on the tv (laughs) it was so so ridiculous just this big beefy thing and i was obsessed with it there was this game computer game called seventh guest okay did you ever play that no best this is not this is not anything that i i recall this this is very old this is very old. Um, back when, before they could, they couldn't really animate characters, so they would have actors and like kind of like poorly put them into the scene of the uh, video game you're playing, like an old Clue game. Okay. Oh god, 
the games on that thing were so bad. Yeah, they couldn't animate characters. So you either had cartoons, like full-blown cartoon cutscenes between puzzles that you were doing, or you would have like live-action actor scenes cutscene between the whatever puzzles you were doing. There was no game animation like that. Mm. Perfect. There was this one game, Seventh Guest, and it was like you were in a haunted house, and there were a bunch of people, and they're trying to figure out who this ghost is, what's happening. I think you were the Seventh Guest, you were the ghost. But it was so cheese balls. my favorite fucking game. There were pinball games on that thing. Just something ancient. just triggered something then, and I, vague, I think I might have watched you play. I can see walking down a hallway or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe once, maybe twice, I might have watched you play. It's kind of like, it's in there, but it's pretty buried pretty deep. What's it called? Seventh Guest. I want to see if I can pull up some of the music real quick. Just to see if it'll trigger anyone. I know it'll trigger me. So I just want to... No, 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 no. No. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to do. Sorry. You will, baby. Right. I love that I type in Seventh Guest and it immediately goes to Seventh seventh Guest Cake Puzzle, which was the hardest puzzle of that game, because YouTube knows... I really hope anybody else just... <laughs> okay, I just gave some. I just gave somebody a heart on. I know I did. Okay. Write in, guys. Write in. Let us know yeah. if you remember this game. I'm so happy right now. I'm gonna have to like, you know, calm you the fuck down, lady, because she. You can't see. She's so excited. She's all like, all over the place. Think we need to move on to I the. I love video games. Like I'm, I'm really excited about this topic. You have no idea. Um. Okay. Do we want to talk about other video games, or do you want to hear some fun facts before we wrap this up? I'm about ready to wrap it up because I am tired and okay. I'm hungry. I will be very, very quick. Cool. Um, so there were a couple of just fun little random fun facts. Uh, one was, I don't know if you know this, I didn't know this, but Barack Obama bought ad space in quite a few, in like 18 EA video games uh, for what? like a period. Yeah. They only appeared in like 10 states and it was only for a small window of time. Most of them were like sports games, but there was also Burnout Paradise, a racing game, car racing oh game. God. It was like, there was like an Ob- Obama uh, billboard that you would drive past. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. Like when it was on like live platforms, like online platforms where they could change it. Right. Yeah. When he was going against McCain uh, in 2008, he uh, bought ad space in like 10, 18 video games that only aired in like 10 states, 10 battleground states. I thought that was really, really funny. I didn't know you could buy ad space in video games. Totally. And it's really smart. And a lot of people are like, oh, look at him. No, that's so fucking smart. Yeah. Wicked smart. Not a lot. I wasn't going to go crazy into things. Uh, the Koopalings of Super Super Mario yeah. are all, almost all named after musicians. You know what the Koopalings were, right? Little Koopa, like, side characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have Larry Koopa, named oh. after Larry Mullen Jr. of U2. I didn't know they had names. Yeah. 
There's Wendy O. Koopa, named after Wendy O. Williams from The Plasmatics. Iggy Koopa. I'm sure you can figure out who that's named after. Iggy Azalea. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> Iggy Pop. Roy Koopa, named after Roy Orbison. Lemmy Koopa, named after Lemmy Kilmeister. And Ludwig von Koopa, named after Ludwig von... Uh, what was his name? What's his name? Doesn't sound familiar. Mozart. <laughs> Ludwig von Beethoven. There's lots of like fun little Easter eggs in almost any kind of video game. You look up fun facts about video games, you're going to get a million different things that are all very, very interesting. But we have been going on a lot because I'm a goober and I can't shut my hole. And I'm sorry about that. I have one fun fact that's really, really niche that even you won't get. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we were talking about the video game Medieval. Yeah. Um, well, uh, did you know that um, Paul Darrow voices the uh, baddie Zarok in the original PlayStation game? I did not. No, I bet you didn't. No. But now <laughs> you do. For those of you who um, who don't know who Paul Darrow is, which will be a very, very, very small percentage of you, if not 99% of you. There might be <laughs> one person that knows who Paul Darrow is. Um, there's a show from the 70s slash, yeah, like 78, 79, 80, 81. It's called Blake Seven. Yeah. And he's he plays a character called Karavon, and he's my favorite sci-fi character other than Theta. Awesome. So, he does the voice of the baddie. I'll probably cut that out. Oh no, keep it in. It's a it's a good little little blurb taking it back around to our sci-fi TV episode. I, I love Paul Darrow. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that's it. That's my fact. A lot of a lot of famous actors do voice acting. Like a uh, fable just chucked the brim with some amazing actors doing voices in it. Yeah. Super fun. I thought that the voice that you played before for that game was Vincent Price, and it wouldn't surprise me if Vincent Price did do video games every once in a while. I believe he did. If not that, I believe he did do some of the voice acting in uh, Seventh Guest. Oh, okay. So probably Vincent Price then. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it totally sounded like him. If it's not, it's somebody doing a really good Vincent Price impression. Yeah. Right, I think that we're going to wrap things up now and um, wrap it up relatively quickly. So this might be a very abrupt end to the podcast. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to us talk about video games. If you have anything to say or add, please do. Um, I'm going to do a random topic first. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm going to pick a random topic. Believe it or not, I have it ready. So random topic picker, random topic picker. You're ready to pick a topic. pick a topic. Okay, this might be interesting. So the topic that's come out this time is dreams, nightmares, or basically sleep. Ooh, yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vast topic, that, but basically, yeah. So so what is sleep? (laughs) What happens when we sleep? Things that happen when we sleep. Dreams, nightmares, whatever, sleep. Sleep Sleep-related. The sleep episode. I'm excited. That could be good. That could be really cool. Yeah, we could code down lots of different directions with that one. Um, yeah, that could be cool. 
Yeah. I mean, that's why it's on the list because it's going to be cool because we are going to do it. So there you go. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, sleep. Well, you want to do the social meets? So if you dug our episode about video games and all the fun things in between, please hit us up on our Instagram, our Facebook, or our Twitter at Zombie Fishbowl or Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, please um, send us an email at zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com. We really would appreciate it. We're also on almost any medium you can listen to. So leave us a review, a like, a star, a, a nude, whatever, whatever tickles your fancy. <laughs> Let us know that you love us please please oh my god we're so scared that nobody's listening yeah you know i'm i'm scared but at the, at the same time like i'm i don't know if i'm just too exhausted to care <laughs> i'm i'm just i'm so glad to be doing it with you so i'm just like I'm a fuck it this fun thing i get to do with danielle i i i love doing it okay that's cool that's cool and all but really really melanie even if just one person could just poke us and say i'm still listening that would just like mean the world to us true this is so true please (laughs) please poke us poke us hard yeah because like we are doing it for fun and things like that and it's cool you know that you don't have to participate if you don't want to but just like nobody's saying anything and it makes us think that you you're downloading them yeah yeah, yeah. we we see that it's being downloaded <laughs> but we don't know if you're listening where are you <laughs> all right so, so time yeah, for a quote and i gotta tell you it was really hard to pick a quote um you know my my first first one to come into my mind is would you kindly which of course is not much of a quote but it is just it's a very favorite thing to say another one was uh your health is low do you have any potions or food but again not not a great quote it's from fable but you know it's a more nostalgic like thing don't you die um, of dysentery yeah <laughs> but the one i came up with and it makes me very happy the right man in the wrong place can make all the difference in the world from Half-Life 2. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I really love Half-Life 2. I'm sorry. M- my kids have me play it at least once a year. Okay. Never played I... it. What? Oh, I just okay. threw my iPad in disgrace. She threw things. Yeah. You have not played Half-Life? It's awesome. It's like the perfect first-person shooter game. So I need to play God of War? And mm-hmm. I need to play um, Seventh Guest. And I need to play um, Half Life 2. And Little Nightmares. That was that was the one I mentioned in the previous episode where I had just finished a game for the first time in, like, years. All right. Was, was the game Little Nightmares. And it's spooky and weird and so good. You should check that out. They will have to be compatible with Xbox. <laughs> Pretty sure Little Nightmares is. Okay. I got it on PlayStation for like nine bucks or something. Oh, it's awesome. Awesome game. We'll see. Okay. That's right. Right. That's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. actually going to go back and um, like properly like check out what I can get on the, on the store to see if any of those games are available, but we'll see. Um, right. And now it's time. Can you even see me anymore? Because it's gone totally dark in the room that I'm in and I'm lit only by the light of the laptop. I can I can see you. 
It is like probably dark in there, though. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Where'd you go? Oh! Oh. Turner turned the light on for me. He must oh. have heard me. Hey, okay, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you're listening, thanks for listening. Thanks. It's time I'm to go. I'm going to trust that more people are li- more, more that, uh, I'm going to trust that more people are listening than we we even know. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys, and we love you, and we will talk to you next time about dreams, nightmares, and sleep. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs>